0: Eric Metaxas Charlie Kirk and more unfiltered unapologetic truth find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on local now channel 525
1: and you notice that in this gospel unlike Matthew and unlike Luke John doesn't mention Mary doesn't mention Joseph doesn't mention the angels or the shepherds doesn't mention the wise men why because he wants us to focus and not be distracted from the incredible truth that jesus christ the ancient of days
0: became flesh was born human merry almost christmas from all of the staff and the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. The senior pastor is Leighton Sheely, and this is study verse by verse.
1: You know, uh, Christmas marks the birth of Christ Jesus. The word Mary means happy. Last week when we gathered together, we considered many of the reasons that uh, we have to be happy because Jesus Christ has come into this world. Did you know that the Bible describes God as being happy? It does. First uh, 1 Timothy 1.11 says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. That word blessed in the original language, makarius, that's the word that's found in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Do you know in some translations it's translated happy are the poor in spirit? Because the word makarius means blessed. It also means happy. God is happy. God wants his creation to be happy. He has shared that happiness with us through Christ Jesus who came into the world, and that's why we celebrate Christmas, a season of happiness. This week, uh, I heard someone describe Christmas this way. They said that for non-Christians, for non-Christians, Christmas is just a small taste of what Christians enjoy all through the year. And I thought that was a great description of Christmas. When we gathered together last week, we looked at the birth of Jesus through an earthly perspective. And so this week I thought it appropriate for us to look at the birth of Jesus through a heavenly perspective. And so I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. These three statements are absolutely profound. Uh, It says in the beginning was the Word. Now... The word "word" is logos, and uh, and 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 it's a it's a word that is really filled with meaning for both the Jews as well as the Greeks. To the Greek philosophers, logos was uh, an an impersonal abstract principle of uh, of reason and order in the universe. It was the creative force. <laughs> it was the force, if you will, which also goes to remind us as Christians we should not get our theology from movies. Okay. It was the force, and so to the the Greeks, John presented Jesus as the personification and the embodiment of the logos, but unlike the Greek concept, Jesus was not an impersonal force or principle or an emanation. In him, the true logos was God who became a man, and that was a concept that was foreign to Greek thought. But Lagos, the word, was not just a Greek concept because the word of the Lord was a common theme throughout the Old Testament for the Jews as well. The word of the Lord was an expression of God's divine wisdom and power. It was by the word of the Lord that God created all that is, that he established the Abrahamic covenant, that he gave the Ten Commandments, that he attended the building of Solomon's temple, that he revealed himself to Samuel, he pronounced judgment on the house of Eli, that he counseled Elijah, directed Israel through God's spokesman, was the agent of creation, gave scripture to the prophets, and so forth. And John presented Jesus to his Jewish readers as the incarnation of God's divine power and revelation, God's word. Through Jesus, Jesus initiated the new covenant. He instructs believers. He unites them together in a spiritual temple. He reveals God to man. He judges those who reject him. He directs the church. He's the agent of creation. He inspired the scripture that was penned by the New Testament writers. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And as the incarnate word, Jesus is God's final word to mankind. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 suggests. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in His Son. Now, you notice how this verse begins, the first verse of the first chapter of the Gospel of John. It says, in the beginning, have you heard those words before? They are reminiscent of Genesis chapter 1, and so what John is doing is intentionally connecting Jesus with Genesis chapter 1. Jesus is the God of eternity. When you go back in creation, Jesus was already there. You'll notice he uses the word was, not the word is. According to Dr. Lenski, it's known as a durative imperfect. It means a continued action. So it means that if you go back to the beginning, Jesus already was. He's already been there. What beginning? Doesn't matter. You pick one. Go back a billion years. Fine. Go back a billion years. Go back a billion years, Jesus was already there. Okay, let's go back a trillion years. Okay, go back a trillion years. Jesus was already there. It doesn't matter how far you go back, Jesus was already there. He was from eternity to eternity. He is the ancient of days. Now, the second statement is, and the word was with God. Now, what's the purpose of the Apostle John's telling us this? The purpose is that we understand that Jesus is separate and distinct from God the Father. He's not God the Father because he was with God the Father. But he's separate and distinct. Now that might bring up a question, well, if he is with God, then that means he's not God. And that's why John gives us the third statement that gets us clear that the word was God. It's a clear, emphatic declaration that Jesus Christ is God. In fact, in the original Greek... The sentence construction underscores the emphasis even more emphatically. So uh, these three statements create the foundation of our understanding of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Now let's look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word was made flesh. Now, the Greek language allows us to put it more specifically. The word was born flesh. Now, what is John saying? Well, consider this. God, the ancient of days, out of eternity past, is born in flesh. Born a human. And you notice that in this gospel, unlike Matthew and unlike Luke, John doesn't mention Mary, doesn't mention Joseph, doesn't mention the angels or the shepherds, doesn't mention the wise men. Why? Because he wants us to focus and not be distracted from the incredible truth that Jesus Christ, the ancient of days, became flesh, was born human. And the word dwelt among us. Now, the second statement here, uh, the word dwelt is from skinu, and it means to pitch his tent. Now, uh, you know, we've had a storm this weekend, and uh, I am so glad that I live in a building and not a tent. Understand? Amen? Uh, man, that wind was really blowing and yesterday, and the hail was coming down. And, and you know, a tent is pretty fragile. Um, I've gone camping from time to time in places where there are bears. I'm glad that the bears didn't decide to come in because my tent would not keep them out. Right. It's very, very fragile. The God of eternity who created everything came to live in a tent, a fragile human form, a body, a human body. That's profound. That's what he's saying. But I think there's another aspect to this that we need to understand. We live in tents. These bodies are tents. They're temporary. Some of us don't differentiate between me and me. We don't differentiate between us and our body. We think our body and us are one and the same. We live for our body because our body lives for us and we think that's all there is to it. But we and our body are not one and the same. How do we know that? Well, the body eventually dies. But we don't. We continue on in eternity. Therefore, we and our bodies are not one and the same. These bodies that we live in are just temporary. They're fragile. They're like little tents. He pitched his tent among us. He took on a human body. Notice the the third statement, we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, what is John saying here? Well, he's addressing this issue. Some people might say, well, if God became flesh, then he must have given up being God. Couldn't be God and be human at the same time. And what John says here is he was full of grace and truth. Full means you can't add any more. Colossians 1.18 says, In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So Jesus contained the fullness of God. Jesus was fully God and fully man. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It was full of grace and truth. Now let's look at verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, some translations in the sight of the Father, the bosom of the Father hath declared Him. So no man has seen God at any time. There are appearances, brief appearances in the Old Testament that we call theophanies. And they were only just for a moment. Now, the second statement is the only begotten Son. We're children of God by adoption, but Jesus was the only begotten Son. But notice the phrase, which was in the bosom of the Father. Now, why did John put that there? Because what he's talking about is near the heart of God. And so what Jesus came to reveal is the heart of God. That's what John is saying here. He was the only
0: begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. Well, we'll wrap it up right there and come back on Christmas Day for the conclusion of this message from Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse and all during the month of December we've been sharing with you Christmas messages from years past at Church of the Highlands. And if you'd like to listen to any of those, if you feel you've missed any of them, if you need a little more Christ in your Christmas this year and less holiday shopping and other distractions, please go to the website studyversebyverse.com and download... Our broadcasts. And as you think about the end of the year and perhaps ministries that have meant a great deal to you throughout 2018, perhaps you'd like to join with us as a financial partner. You can give safely right there on that website, studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us as always. The website for Church of the Highlands is highlands.us. Have a great rest of your Christmas Eve and join us tomorrow if you can when we'll once again study verse by verse.